There are many opinions today about the well-known uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory, which he developed in 1943. And while it's true a lot of water has run under the bridge since uh, this uh, motivational theory was developed, uh, the basic human behavior continues to be pretty much the same because the uh, human brain hasn't changed that much since the caveman's time. If you are familiar with this theory of motivation, it's uh, basically uh, five categories of uh, basic human needs and uh, about our motivation to achieve each level. And these categories are listed in a pyramid format, uh, starting uh, from the bottom with the most basic need and then listed in the uh, like a hierarchical order, suggesting that we need to meet uh, certain needs before we can even think about the needs that come that kind of come after. And I always found this theory of motivation pretty insightful and uh, sort of like a very easy to approach framework and or easy easy to understand framework and i still continue to think that it's a really good theory for motivation and uh, i have referred to it several times when teaching my employer branding audiences about the ways that we can grow our own understanding of you know who our target audiences are and especially what motivates them uh, uh, in terms of like uh, their uh, need-based drivers. Success in employer branding is foremost about having a really, or based on having a really good understanding of your target audience's needs and behavior. And uh, I think that this uh, very old uh, theory of motivation, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I think uh, that that it's a really good framework to help us understanding, uh, growing our understanding about our target audience, potential needs and uh, behavior, because it's so simple as a framework. And I love everything simple. Welcome to the Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast. This podcast is for those who want to learn how to build a modern employer brand and master modern talent marketing. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and I'm your modern employee branding and talent marketing coach. And this podcast is brought to you by Talent Marketing School. Learn more about Talent Marketing School at talentmarketingschool.com. In this episode of uh, the Building a Modern Employee Brand podcast, I'll share with you, uh, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs as a uh, uh, framework. And uh, especially I want to talk to you about how you could potentially use it to better understand uh, um, how to address the needs of your target audiences, maybe a little bit better in very concrete situations such as you know, recruitment, recruitment marketing and recruitment communication or, you know, in employer branding in general. And by the way, I do have uh, more information and links and the uh, visual image of this pyramid for you to see on the show notes blog article for this episode. So if you want to take a look at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 92, you can find it. If you are listening 
on uh, the SoundCloud platform, which I then RSS feed this episode to other uh, podcast platforms. Uh, on SoundCloud, you can find actually a working link to this page. So it's easy for you while you're listening to this episode just to link forward. I think it should work and not cut the actual uh, actual recording. On other platforms, unfortunately, the RSS feed doesn't carry the working links. So it's easiest for you just to, to go to modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast nine two for this episode it's the same url every time for every single episode you just need to change the episode number at the end modern modern slash podcast and then the number of the episode and my apologies for stella again i feel like every second episode i have to apologize for my dog because uh as you know if you are a long-term listener She's always by my side. And uh, this morning, she's just been aggravated by uh, people in the neighborhood. <laughs> it seems like she's hearing stuff and uh, is uh, growling on the background. So it's not for us, I think. Or maybe she doesn't agree with me at all. Who knows? Nevertheless. So let's go back to this Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Now, if you're not on the uh, block to see the visual, I want you to imagine this pyramid. So imagine a pyramid uh, with the tip of the pyramid up towards the sky, and then imagine five tiers inside this pyramid or five layers. And the lowest tier, the bottom, uh, is the most basic human need that needs to be met first. And then the needs are like going all the, you know, upwards uh, uh, through every single of those five tiers until the, the tip of the pyramid. And uh, uh, always the, the, the layer below is a more basic need than the layer up. And uh, basically this theory of motivation says that uh, for a human to achieve, uh, fulfill or meet that need, Uh, if if you haven't or if they haven't met the needs below, then, you know, they're not going to um, be motivated to meet a need further up on this pyramid. So once a uh, human need is met, then uh, they are motivated to move on to the next tier and so on until, you know, they've covered all of those basic human needs. So I want to go through with all of the five tiers, the five layers, the five basic needs in this there of motivation and explain you what they mean and uh, how I sort of interpret uh, them and how I how I use it when I think about uh, recruitment marketing or recruitment communication or employer branding scenario and the target audience and, you know, the, the, the messages that I'm going to choose. So if we start from the most basic need, this is the first one that needs to be met. We don't, as human beings, we do not have motivation to uh, reach or try to achieve another uh, need higher up on this pyramid unless we have our uh, physiological needs met first. These are our the most primary 
basic needs. We must meet these needs or else we will die. So you understand why these come first. Uh, these are basic needs such as, you know, a human being needs water, food, sleep, and our body temperatures need to be kept in into the level where, you know, uh, they need to be uh, uh, for us not to uh, go into hypothermia and die or exceed when we have really high fever. You know, high fever is dangerous for our health and, you know, our survival. So these are the basic physiological needs. And I understand that um, this is not... These needs are being met by pretty much, you know, everybody working in the uh, or living in the Western world, pretty much everybody. I'm not saying everybody because we are all, at least here in, in, in Europe, we are all very much aware of, uh, you know, very uh, terrible, terrible uh, humane situations in some of the Eastern countries in the European continent. Uh, or there, around there, where, you know, there's a lot of people that are are in danger uh, and uh, are being, you know, driven from their homes and from their home countries. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk about too much about that because I feel like I'm not an expert and uh, I don't want to say anything wrong uh, or sound ignorant. Um just because I may not have like a full understanding of it all. I'm very empathetic towards that situation that's going on, for example, right now, as I'm uh, recording this episode. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's terrible. So uh, I think it's really important to understand that not everybody, not every human being in this world uh, has the luxury of clean water food, you know, being able to sleep and, uh, you know, being safe. So uh, if a person is homeless uh, or struggles terribly to pay their bills, feed their family, marketing messages about some companies after work events or the finest uh, espresso at the office are not exactly what drives you and what motivates you and what you want to sort of pick up. You just need a job to get a salary, to pay your bills and get food on the table. And uh, if uh, if for any reason your company was uh, expecting, uh, and, and, and this doesn't need to be a homeless person either. I mean, if you think about uh, students with like terrible student loans and, and they're part-timers and they're studying in cities where rents are really high. I mean, I was a student once who struggled financially and um, you know what was what really what I was really paying attention to was just getting a better part-time job to you know not to have to borrow money from my my mom and dad all the time or not having to go and eat at their house because I didn't have money to to pay for food so uh, an employer who promises who understands that if we're targeting students for example you know we need to understand and 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 find out whether you know uh whether those students are actually struggling financially uh with their student loans or debts and 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 so on and then uh, specifically pinpoint a promise to um you know help them 
financially to to uh, survive. Uh, and for example, not sure how it is in other countries, but for example, here in Finland, um, uh, in in uh, in the colleges, you are actually you ha- you're obliged to go. Uh, it's part of your education to go for a uh, like an internships during your uh, education years during, while you're studying your degree. And, uh, you know, many employers uh, see students, interns as a free labor. And uh, in some cases, you know, there are there could be tuitions and stuff that they, that they are not allowed to really earn any money. But hardly ever this is the question. And so if you are like a struggling student and then you have to go for an internship, which takes you away from your part time uh, part time job, which is actually helping you to pay your bills. And then you are an employer who's hiring interns and uh, you are offering internship or you're not paying anything, then that's not going to be really, really a motivational internship for them because, you know, they'd rather take a job as an intern that that uh, compensates uh, the uh, overtime uh, or the over uh, their their part time work that they're not able to do while they're doing your inter- an internship with your in your company. So you know, understanding these kind of things helps you to uh, figure out whether your offer is attractive and how you should maybe rephrase your message when you're when you're hiring somebody. So next layer up, next tier up is our safety needs, and these needs refer to all aspects of safety that you can possibly imagine. Obviously, physical safety, not having to fear for your life because of, uh, you know, violence or lack of safety at home or at the workplace, that the workplace, the working environment is physically safe. And not having to fear for someone or something that is going to hurt you or or your loved ones really bad. So in, in sort of the the um, employment kind of um, scenario, uh, not having to fear that uh, the company has, for example, customers that are are you know threatening you. I used to work in a supermarket part time when I was still uh, going to high school, and uh, you know oftentimes late in the evenings there were only few few of us at work and not the managers, just us youngsters really, and there were occasionally. Uh, people who were, you know, really, they were on drugs or like really uh, drunk and they would come in and try to steal something. And then, you know, we would, we were, you know, we would have to protect <laughs> the, the money until, uh, you know, the cash till or whatever. And we were told that that if somebody tries to steal something, then just let them go and call the police. Don't try to intervene with it because um, that's not safe. So things like that. It's really important to explain that if there is this kind of a potential threat, safety threat in the the line of work that you offer, uh, or if your if your industry has a reputation. Uh, you know, for, you know, this kind of stuff that as an employer, you can win if you are able to 
cover the safety need and you have actually have systems and processes in place that are guaranteeing the physical safety and you know that your competitors may not or you know that even though your competitors may also have it but the general reputation of the industry is that it's not physically safe then you should definitely talk about it and let people know in your recruitment communication marketing your employee branding that you've got this covered Emotional safety is another safety need. So it's not just physical safety. It's also about having like emotional stability and not being terrorized by others, uh, uh, you know, on this emotional level, not having the fear, uh, feeling, you know, emotional insecurity in your in your relationships at work or in the relationship that you have, professional relationship that you have with your boss. Uh, or in the work community. But also, you know, in addition to physical and emotional safety, also things like, uh, you know, financial security and health. These are our human basic needs when it comes to safety. And uh, uh, it's really important for us to understand that this is what people are looking for. If they don't have or if they they lack in the safety needs in their current work or life situation do you have something that covers this that you can offer them uh physical safety emotional safety financial security you know general well-being things that where you could communicate and say that hey we've got this covered now if you have that you just only use it in your in your uh, talent communication and talent marketing, because this is what it could be that your target audience is looking for a workplace that can promise them safety. It's a, uh, you know, it's a really uh, relevant angle for you to think about when you plan also your key messages and employee value propositions, because the world is not fully safe everywhere. And your organization may have offices in locations where people have to fear for their basic safety. And addressing safety needs uh, and you know safety need related motivators in your employer branding and other talent marketing messages can make a significant change in the ways your messages are received and your calls to actions are responded to. The third tier up are social needs. Now, when we are physically and emotionally safe, we you know we have food, we have uh, you know drinking water, we have a roof over our heads, we have warm water, so we can take a pleasant shower. We're emotionally capable of having interactions with other human uh, uh, beings. Uh, we are you know safe in in and and we're not struggling financially either. Then we start to look for well you know all my basic needs are covered in this place to work, uh, but I'm looking for better uh, you know I'm looking for belonging to a social group. I'm looking for a work environment, a work community where I feel that I can be myself, ringing the bell where I can feel appreciated, where, you know, uh, I can identify with the culture, with the values, with other like-minded people, ring the bell. Many organizations already refer to their purpose and values and mission and culture in their employer branding and, and other talent marketing messaging. And that's also why we like to market our internal teams and communities uh, and show people uh, together in our 
sort of in, in the pictures that we use, for example. So it's this th- when when companies do this, when you do this, you are you are um, uh, expressing and sort of vetoing the to a basic human need called a social need, and it's a very important need. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, in my opinion, like a mistaking discussion about hiring to a culture because it's, uh, and and I know because I've been working with, you know, company cultures since 2004, so a long time. So I know where it comes from. I know it comes from a period when, when hiring to a company culture meant that we're hiring like clones of people. And it doesn't need to mean that even though some employers have and are still meaning it, but it doesn't have to mean that. As human beings, we are social social uh, creatures. So we have a really, really strong, uh, like a born, like it's rooted in us. It's engraved in us. It's, it's in our DNA. We were like hardwired to belong to social groups. And even though you'd be like really introverted, like I'm actually pretty introverted person, I need a lot of lone time. I feel lonely if I don't have my social group around me. Uh, so everybody needs to belong to some social group. And um, that's why it's really important to, in your employer branding, especially to kind of clarify what kind of a social group is this? What are the what you know what's connecting you what is the glue in between you uh, and and help your target audiences understand if they can relate to this social community that you're offering because it's a basic need and when people uh say that i didn't feel like myself there or i can really be myself here it means that that culture is welcoming and appreciative to them as the kind of a human being that they are and other people are like-minded. It doesn't mean that they look the same or are from the same background or studied the same thing or are the same age or it doesn't mean like that. It's just that they're like-minded. So Maslow's framework indicates you if your target audience's basic first two levels of needs are being met, then the next what they're, go- they're going to look for is meeting their social needs. Now, many people don't have this. So it could be that the reason why they're they are changing jobs and looking for a new workplace is because they... They, you know, they were completely safe. They were had had a good salary, and you know their basic needs were met. But they didn't feel like they belong. So their next place is: I want to have all that that already happened. Now I also want to have a workplace where I feel like I belong. So what can you tell? What can you share? What can you showcase about how people socially interact in your organization? How does your organization support teamwork and forging shared identity? You know. Are your values, what's your culture like? What's the way of working there? The social need is particularly important if you hire graduates who are moving from another location to where you are because they don't have social groups. They don't belong to any social group in this new city or place where they're moving to. They've left their families, friends behind. They don't have their own families yet to bring along. So this social need becomes particularly important if you're hiring graduates who you know that are moving to your 
you know, your location from elsewhere. Uh, I remember when I moved to Antwerp, Belgium in the late 90s to work for a year and I moved alone. I lived alone and I knew nobody in advance and I felt so extremely alone and it came as a total surprise because I'd never been in that situation before. Everyone at work had their own lives, they had their own families, they had their own social groups and friends. They didn't have a need to make new friends with me after work. And it took several months before I made my first social friend. And this really gave me a lesson for my later HR career, how to take into account people you hire who are moving cities or even countries to work for you. And it was such a drastic difference uh, having moved uh, to England only a couple of years earlier to study because, uh, first of all, I didn't move to England alone. And there were also plenty of other students who had moved there, uh, both, you know, British citizens as well as uh, foreign citizens, foreign students. But the, we were all in the same situation. We all moved to this city to go to university. We knew nobody in advance. So it was like we all had the same needs. So it was natural for us to come together because uh, everybody had the same need. But when I moved to a work, it was completely different. Nobody had the same need that I did. So I didn't belong really any, anywhere. So the fourth tier uh, up are the esteem needs. And now that we have all the basic need, needs covered, like uh, life is good, we have space to start meeting our more ego-driven needs. And here we're talking about self-esteem, self-respect, social status, uh, social status that our job can offer us uh, things like, uh, you know, I'm a vice president or I'm a, uh, uh, a manager or I become a supervisor or a team leader or a CEO or a marketing manager or HR director or recruitment uh, director or employer branding uh, manager or I become a partner in this company. These are all examples of sort of social status needs. Uh, feelings of accomplishment, respect, and confidence in your abilities are also ego-driven needs. And in yeah, again, in my personal experience, especially females in the workplace, workplace tend to come with much less self-esteem and self-awareness and can really prosper when they're led in ways that, uh, you know, encourage and help uh, them to build their self-esteem and dignity. And uh, uh, so this is my personal experience. So take it with a pinch of salt. But that's why I personally, as an employer, started to pay more attention in supporting young women, finding their self-worth and believing in themselves as, uh, you know, a long time ago. And I felt that this was really important for me as an employer because, uh, you know, I didn't have that when I was a young female, you know, just starting my career. And uh, all throughout my career, I felt that oftentimes when young men enter the work life, they are really self-confident and they can even have a, perhaps a bit too high expectations for themselves when as young women uh, to think less and expect less for themselves. And I wanted to help young women I hire to gain the same level of confidence and stand up for themselves. So that's like an employer branding element for me and, and our agency. However, let's not make this esteem need a question of any gender, but a question of us humans, because this is a human 
need. And understanding that we all have this need at some point helps you to pay more attention uh, 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 whether your target audience that you're trying to reach could have an esteem-based need that your uh, employer branding could sort of resonate to. If this is the need that they next need meeting that they are motivated to achieve, then what does your company offer in this area? And positioning your company as an employer who supports personal growth and encourages people to feel more confident about their abilities and, uh, you know, uh, can be a huge differentiator for your company as an employer struggling in the war for talent. The top tier is called self-actualization needs. And this is what I call the Western need because I feel this is the need people have when their lives are so good and all they really have are first world problems. When everything else is met, you want to find your true calling, you seek for meaning in your work life, and you want to grow into or you want to use your full potential at work. Uh, you want to apply your creative powers. Uh, and I'm not joking. Many modern organizations and talents of the digital era are here. This is where self-expression and self-actualizations becomes a motivator for their next job. Now, if your organization provides a really extraordinary benefits, working environment, freedom, many opportunities to grow professionally, develop special skills, if your benefits package includes support for hobbies such as learning, languages, playing an instrument, book clubs, cooking, writing, you name it, you should showcase those because there are plenty of people who are seeking for self-actualization in their next place to work. But it's not only that superficial either, and you don't need to have funky benefits to meet self-actualization needs because if your onboarding is top of the class and you offer mentorship programs for your employees, or if you're just a really strongly purpose-led organization, if your culture and your values are transparent in how everybody contributes to your company, goals and mission, these are all examples of what you should pinpoint in your employer branding messages if your target audience is likely to be motivated at the top tier. What do you think? Does this framework and this kind of frame of mind help you to understand more how you might want to address your talent audiences or how you might want to tailor your employer branding and other talent marketing messages? I personally find it pretty useful in identifying whether, for example, our clients are matching the right kinds of messages with their target audiences. Anyway, that's all for this week. So catch up with this topic on my blog at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 92. And come back next week for another episode on the building of the Modern Employer Brand podcast. Moi moi.